0: eighteen forty, it's a classic. It's got that wonderful chorus Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And one of the things, the main thing that comes out of this passage, I think, is this theme of trust. I think we see trust throughout this passage. And often when I think about trust, uh, and when I speak about it, I've used an illustration that I was taught a long time ago using our hands. You may remember it. Uh, And we often hold things before God in one of three ways. Some things we hold with an open hand. He's able to sort of see and act and do whatever, Lord, you can do whatever you want to do with this thing that I'm holding. Before you. Some things we hold in a closed hand we keep very close to our chest, and we would much rather God didn't interfere with it at all if possible. And then some things, I think probably most things, we hold in sort of a kind of half open hand, where we say, Lord, you can deal with this if you really must, but I'd really rather you didn't. And the moment that things start to get wobbly, we clench our hand and bring it back to ourselves. I wonder what you what things you're holding in a closed hand today. Maybe it's the whole situation with COVID. Maybe there's a work situation or a relationship situation. Maybe there's a financial situation going on. In this passage, we see three people, three groups of people, and their different relationships with trust. It's very handy for a three-point sermon. I'd like to just look at those three briefly, if we may. Firstly, the servants that we wrote, thought about just a moment ago. The NIV version of verse 5 says, He, Abraham, said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey whilst I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Now, as servants, they may well be used to being asked to wait whilst other things happen, maybe feel like they're used to being on the sidelines. But I wonder if, for some of us today, we might feel a bit like this. Maybe we might feel like uh, we have been asked to, to wait or to stop, whilst there seems to be a hive of activity going on over there. Maybe there isn't an activity going on over there at all. We're just still, simply being called to stand still and to wait. There have been times in all of our lives, we'll come to this in a moment, guys, this book, but there have been times in all of our lives uh, when Uh, I've been asked uh, to wait as well. Times in your lives when you've been asked to wait, I'm sure. Uh, Most evidently for me uh, was when I was uh, going through the discernment process for being ordained. Uh, Most of you know they didn't uh, say yes the first time I went through that. I was in a job and I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen next. Fairly uncertain about what God was doing. Friends of mine were getting through the discernment process and I felt like the Lord was telling me to go for this thing, but I'd still got to know. It's quite a hard time to see others moving on and me staying still. Waiting, particularly when we wait without any sort of real understanding of what we're waiting for or when that waiting will end, is hard. These servants in this passage will have found that hard, I expect, but as far as we know, they didn't say to Abraham, Abraham, we'd really rather come with you, if that's okay. Uh, We'd rather you didn't make us wait here. As far as we know, they didn't say, well, he's told us to wait here, but actually I'm a bit bored, so I'm going to go over here and do this uh, thing instead. They wait. They wait. The book that we had on the screen a moment ago, uh, this book by Paula Gooder, The Meaning in the Waiting, is one I've uh, uh, recommended to you before. It's technically an Advent book, and I'm sorry to say that it's not that far away till we get to Advent. Uh, And so uh, if you want a book uh, to read through Advent, I can highly recommend this to you or in any other season of life. Paula uh, Gooder in this book compares these times of waiting to the waiting that a couple feels as they uh, wait for a baby to be born. Often in those times, there's very little activity going on. Obviously, there's a bit of growth that goes on. Sometimes for the mother, there's some health things as well. But actually, it's quite slow and not much seems to be happening. It's tempting in those times to get frustrated and to to wish we were in the future when the baby is here and we can start to get to know it. It's easy to wish those times away. But the reality is, even in that relative stillness, there's lots of activity going on. There's lots of growth going on as that baby grows. And of course, the other reality is that no one really wants that time to come sooner than it's meant to, to come earlier. If we find ourselves in one of these situations where we are waiting on the Lord, it's important to stay connected to God and to know his voice. Abraham promises to these servants that he will come back and he will, uh, and he will help them. He will be with them again. God has promises for us. We need to trust and obey him. The second person in this story uh, that we see is Isaac, of course. Isaac doesn't really understand what's going on. It's probably for the best. Uh, He he asks his father for some clarity each step. He gets a little bit of clarity, but not much. Again, probably uh, for the best. And sometimes in our lives, our relationship with trust is a little bit more like this. Perhaps we can only see the next step in front of us. We don't, and we can perhaps, just as we're about to step onto it, may see the next step, but don't necessarily see the bigger picture. Although we felt called to St. Jude's a long time ago, our calling to St. Jude's, the story that it has been, has been felt very much like this. Indeed, a good friend of mine was praying for me a little while ago, and she saw a picture of us crossing the stream in a fog on stepping stones. Uh, And life felt very much like that, that we could see the stepping stone in front of us just about, but not necessarily anything beyond that. You know already that we've had issues with housing, we've not known when it was we were going to be moving. But yet two months ago, Jonathan and I were praying and felt like today, the 4th of October, was the right day for my time here at St. Paul's to come to an end. That's even though it was true that even a few days ago, it was possible I might still be not able to move until February or March of next year. Still, Jonathan and I had peace that the Lord was calling us to end our time here today. It was actually only Thursday this week uh, that the housing situation got resolved, uh, and we know when we're moving in a few weeks' time. We're on to almost that next stepping stone. The stepping stone beyond is the point at which I'll start work, my licensing. Still no idea about that. The Lord is teaching me patience through this time, I'm sure. These are times when we need to stay connected with the Father, to hear him calling us, to see what he's calling us to do next, and to focus on those things rather than worry too much about what's going on in the future. The third person, obviously, in this story is Abraham himself. And Abraham's been called to do something that he really doesn't want to do. He's asked to go in a direction which is opposite to what he feels like God's promised him. I love how Hebrews puts this. Hebrews 11 says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his own one and only son, even though God had said to him that it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So even though God had made a promise and this thing that he was asking Abraham to do went against that promise, Abraham was still faithful in it. Now I don't believe the Lord would ever call us to to go to the lengths that Abraham goes to here, uh, not least because we uh, don't offer sacrifices, we have Christ. And because the Lord uh, spoke far more clearly to Abraham than he ever does to you or I. But sometimes the Lord will call us to do things that we might not understand. A few weeks ago, a friend came to visit me and asked me to pray with him about his work. He sensed that God was calling him to leave his job, even though he had no job to go to. He didn't know what the future would hold. He did that, and God has been faithful in it. God has done similar things with me, not just with jobs in the past, but a long time ago with relationships, more recently with money and so many other things. That Sometimes the Lord will call us to do things that we might not be overly keen on doing and may not understand the consequences of. When the Lord calls, the call is the same, to trust and to obey. I used to wonder why it wasn't that we didn't wake up in the morning and receive a fax uh, on our fax machine, giving us our instructions for the day, or a letter, perhaps, through the post. Most of us don't have fax machines anymore. Maybe a letter through the post saying, uh, today, Adam, you will do this, 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 and this, and you'll be going to bed at 10 p.m., and you can then sleep until the morning. Why is it that the Lord doesn't do that? I think the reason is because our relationship with God is just that. It is a relationship, one which requires us to trust Him, but also one that allows for our own decisions and our own choices as well. We're not robots. If we had instructions delivered to us each morning, we would become like robots. And often we fail as well, as indeed Abraham did earlier in his life. You know the story of Abraham being promised a child and eventually doubting that promise and taking matters into his own hands. How often are we tempted to do that, to take things into our own hands to do, when we don't feel that the Lord is, asking, is acting as quickly as we'd like him to? But the reality is that the God who Abraham trusted is faithful to us as well. And how can we be sure that we can trust God? I think Paul sums it nicely in 2 Corinthians. He says this. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. He's saying here that through Christ, uh, God has set his spirit in us and promises that he will complete his work in us. We can trust him. So how are you doing this morning? What are those things that you've got in closed hands today? Are you being called to wait, not being able to see the next thing or getting frustrated at every turn? Or do you know that God is calling you to do something but aren't sure that you really agree with him about it? On one of my wobbly days in trusting the Lord over the last few months, another friend sent me Romans 4. Let me read a slightly abridged version to you. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is my prayer for St. Paul's today. This is my prayer for St. Paul's. This is why this passage from Genesis was on my heart today. That we would know the promises of God as a community. That I would know the promises of God as I leave you. And that we would trust and obey. It's sad to be leaving you. There are two reasons at least it's sad to be leaving you. Firstly, because we've made some wonderful friends here. And you are all lovely and amazing people. And we love being with you. Secondly, it's sad to be leaving you because I believe that the Lord has got wonderful and amazing things planned for this community in the future. And if I'm really honest, I'd love to stay and to see what it is he's going to do here. But I am fully persuaded that God has the power to do what he has promised. I'm grateful, therefore, for the call so strongly that we felt to St. Jude, and I'm equally excited for what God is going to do in us and through us in that place. I'm excited to hear what God is going to do in and through you in this place. So as I come into land, let me pray for us all that we would know and believe that the God who calls is faithful and that he will do it. I wonder if you'll stand with me as the band come back and I'll pray for us. I'm going to read those verses, that verse is from Romans 4 again. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Lord God, we thank you so much for your promises. We thank you that we can trust you and know your purposes for our lives, for the life of this community. We thank you for your faithfulness in this community, evidenced over many generations. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to work in power in us and through us that we would know that we carry your light in this community and that you have the power to do all that you have promised. In a moment we're going to sing the song Holy and being holy is being different. Lord, trusting you is a call to be different in this world. Lord, would you help us to trust and to obey, to open our hands and loosen our grip on the things that we hold close to us. And once again, I pray that we would be fully persuaded that you have the power to do what you have promised. Amen.